Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to CrosswalkPhoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. And I, I don't like to bring these up because there can be, you know, fighting and there can be just anger towards the other party. But this is something that's been on my heart, and, and I think it's something we need to at least have as part of the conversation. And so the issue is, do you think there should be kindergarten graduation? <laughs> and I know, I know the, there's different sides to this on, on kindergarten graduation. Just this past week, it, it's very sensitive because Jonathan Favorite, our, our uh, music director, his daughter graduated from kindergarten. And, and there were a lot of different feelings. And, and so what I did, just because I'm such a logical person and I like to think things through, I made the pro and con list of, of having kindergarten for, or having graduation for kindergarten. And on the pro side, I put, they've learned to color inside the lines for, for the mo- most part. Uh, many of them can use scissors, which is good. I have seen kids leave kindergarten who, when they started, had no idea how to use a glue stick. But once kindergarten was over, they had it figured out. Uh, and again, this is different. When I was kindergarten, it was pretty much just playtime. But now these kids are recognizing their letters and their colors and their uh, learning to read and stuff like that. I'm like, holy cow. It's amazing what these kids have learned in kindergarten. But on the, the con side... Do you realize they've completed a year of schooling that we haven't even given a number yet? So they haven't even reached one, and we're already giving them a graduation? I was at a high school graduation, and they listed, with the students, they listed what they would be doing after graduation, some of them going to college, some of them going into the workforce. They didn't do that at the kindergarten graduation. They didn't have, yeah, now that kindergarten is over, they're going to get a job down at the, uh, as a mechanic uh, here in town and, and see. No, nobody does that. All of them, from my understanding, at the graduation plan on going to first grade next year. I'm not going to tell you how I feel on this issue because I don't want to taint your discussion of it. But what graduation is, is is this is a definition. It says a successful completion of a course of study. And there's something about graduation that says, when I graduate, then I have the option of saying I never have to go back there again. And usually it's school with kids who are like, I hate school and I'm graduating and I never have to go back there again. But I want you to think of another graduation as well. My, My brother went to San Diego to see his son graduate from the recruit training for the United States Marine Corps. And, and that, when he went to do that, I didn't say, well, it's only 13 weeks. You know, that's not even a year long. No. Uh, instead, as, as you look at what they do, the rigorous training they go through, the, the ways that they are challenged physically, uh, mentally, emotionally, that, that it is grueling. And when they get through that, it is something to celebrate. And you come as a recruit and you leave as, as uh, well, for him, a United States Marine. And that is something to, to 
uh, celebrate. And it's a course of study that he should be proud of. But the thing about it is when he graduated, it was a couple days, and then he was preparing even more to be deployed. And so it wasn't the end of something, but it was really the beginning of something. For you who are being confirmed today, whether you're in eighth grade, whether you are someone who has gone through our 201 class, with our, our, which is our membership class, we need to look at this and remember that it's not graduation. It's not a time where we say, good, now I don't have to study God's word anymore. But rather, it is a time where we are confirmed, where we look back and we say, yes, we were taught the truths of God's word. And on these words, we take our stand. But it's also a time when we look forward into entering the battle that God has called us to fight. And it's that we are going to look at today. So I ask you to uh, look in your notes to Joshua 1, verses 1 to 3. This is a time when the children of Israel uh, were at the Jordan River. Moses had just died. They were in the wilderness for 40 years, 40 years of preparation, 40 years of boot camp. And, and, this, is, and this is what is said, Joshua 1, 1 to 3. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. So, so this time is done, uh, 40 years, and I'm sure all of them were like, yay, we get to get out of the desert. But there's another reality, and that is that there was a promised land that waited to be conquered. So in the blank, you can write, boot camp is over. The battle is just beginning. Boot camp is over, and the battle is just beginning. And now as we consider that battle today, we're going to see if it's one that you are ready to fight. So as Pastor Dan said, my name is Phil Bischoff, and I'm Director of Outreach and Youth Ministry here at Crosswalk. And uh, I want to talk about a battle that I had, since we're talking about battles. But this battle was in seventh grade. And this is a little bit younger than most of you sitting in the front row here. And uh, now this battle was an epic one between me and my big mouth. And guess who won most of the time? My big mouth won most of the time. And uh, in seventh grade, I would constantly get in trouble. Um, we had recess back then, you know, and so I would be held in from recess for my punishment. And, uh, and also what the teacher would do is he'd go over to the bookcase and he'd get one of those giant dictionaries. You know, the ones that you pretty much have to put in a wheelbarrow. They're so big to, to haul over. And he goes and he plops this thing on my desk and he opens it up. Very calmly, he just points at a page and he says, start writing, Philip. That's what I went by back then. And so I had to. I had to copy every single letter of that dictionary page. Even like the little upside down E for the pronunciation. I mean, every single letter perfectly or I'd have to do it again. Now, one time, you know, I got a little smart. So I'm thinking, 
I'm going to skip three or four lines. I mean, who in their right mind is going to read an entire dictionary page? My seventh grade teacher. That's, that's who. Because he did. Uh, Philip, there's three lines missing. Write it again. Oh, are you kidding me? Every single letter perfectly. And once I did that, all right, now I can go outside and play recess. But recess was over by the time I'm done writing that. Now, when God was talking to Joshua, he, he didn't say, Joshua, I want you to write a dictionary page perfectly. Okay? But he actually told Joshua something that's much more difficult. So let's look at what God tells Joshua when he's ramping him up to go into this battle. Look, look what he says. Hey, Joshua, if you want to be successful, here you go. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. So in other words, Joshua, it's an easy battle plan. You want to be successful? Just be perfect. Easy enough, right? Just don't turn to the right. Don't turn to the left. Follow me completely. And I'm going to tell you guys right here in the front row and all of you that, yeah, if if that's your battle plan to go out today, and if, if you never, ever turn from God's ways, you never commit one sin, one mistake for the rest of your life, things are going to go well for you wherever you go. And I can imagine Joshua hearing these words from God, like, okay, God, tell me the battle plan, right? Tell me what's going to happen here. And so, you know, he hears, be strong and courageous. Okay, God, I can do it, right? Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Uh Uh-oh. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. And Joshua probably was like, oh, no, God, do you know? these Israelites that you have with me, okay? You want them to follow everything that you're going to say? God, do you remember uh, some of the things that they've done? Do you remember when Moses took a little hike up Mount Sinai, and when he came down, the people who were worshiping God now are bowing down to a golden calf? You remember that, God? You know, the Israelites don't have the greatest track record in obeying you. Remember how many times they complained, we're tired, we're hungry, we're thirsty. We want to go back to Egypt. Joshua probably felt like he was set up to fail. This is the plan? You see, the thing is, Joshua knew the truth. He knew the truth not just about the Israelites, but about himself. And it's the same truth for me and you. It's the truth that this command, we can't do it. And it's not just an excuse, it's a reality. We can't follow all of God's laws and ways perfectly. I mean, look at what the Bible says. If you're doubting me, look what it says here in Psalm 14. The Lord looks down. He looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. And what does he find? All have turned away. All have become corrupt. There is no one who does good And not even one. If your battle plan, if your thought is that you're going to be loyal to God and and that's going to give you success is your loyalty to God, you'll be doomed to fail. And Joshua knew that. 
So I want to be really clear that in, in confirmation, this word confirmation means strengthening and to strengthen. But here's what today is not about. It's not about pointing you to finding strength within. Because the Bible says that, you know what, to fight this battle, we don't have it. And today is not about telling you to follow your heart. We, we hear that phrase a lot nowadays, right? Follow your heart. Because you know what the Bible says is actually in our heart by nature? A lot of evil stuff. So what I'm telling you today is to look instead to commit to Jesus' strength. And what I'm telling you today is to look instead to what God's heart is for you. Because the next point is absolutely true. And it's what we got to face. We are fighting a battle we can't win by ourselves. We're fighting a battle we can't win by ourselves. Why don't you fill that in? And as you're doing that, I, I want you to uh, think, have you seen those, those banners on the street, uh, street lights on baseline? They just hung them up. And if you haven't, I'll explain them to you a little bit, but kind of a funny situation. I was driving and I didn't know what these banners were about. They were getting put up. And now it doesn't, I don't think it looks like them, but at first I really thought it was a picture of Pastor Dan, like no joke. So I was driving, I'm like, why is there a banner of Pastor Dan? Like, great, he's taken over the whole city of Levine. Awesome. Great. And as I got closer, I'm like, okay, it's not Dan, all right? But I thought, like, what, why is there a picture of this person? You know, what, what's going on? And then what did I do? I read the words, honoring our fallen heroes. And immediately, I viewed that picture differently, didn't I? Because that person up there gave his life to protect me. And it makes sense, right? On Memorial Day, we want to honor people, especially uh, in, in the armed forces, in the military, who gave up their lives for us. We want to honor people who are still fighting we want to honor those who, who risk their lives for us, police officers, firefighters. You know, and it made me think about, you know, we call on them to fight for us, don't we? And why do we call on them to fight for us? For a couple reasons. One, they're willing. They're willing to raise their hand and say, I'm willing to get on the front lines and fight on behalf of these people. And another reason is because they're trained. They go through training and background checks to make sure that they can do the job. And here's what I want to tell you is that God did the same thing for you. God found someone to fight for you. God found someone who was qualified, someone who knew that you couldn't fight the battle on your own. And that someone is Jesus. And let, let's look at what the Bible says about this. Let's look at the next verse. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And what that verse means is God knew that we ha we're going to turn to the right and to the left, that we're sinful, so God made Jesus sin, meaning that when he was on the cross, every single one of your sins was on his shoulders. But he beat that cross, didn't he? Because he rose from the grave. And that's the cool thing about Jesus is that he is the only one who is a risen hero. And that what makes him stand out above the rest. And here's the cool thing is that in all reality we're talking about these battles, right? But here's the honest truth. When it comes to Jesus, he won the war. 
And by war, I mean the war against sin, against death, because he beat death. And that means that right now, through faith in him, you have the most important things that you'll ever need. You have salvation. You're going to heaven through faith in him. You have forgiveness of sins. And so when we hear that message, as this next verse is going to show us, we have a thankful heart. As of what it says here, look at your next verse. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thanks be to God. And why give him thanks? Because he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I talked about police officers a little bit ago, right? Well, when, when I hear police officers being honored and being thanked, you know what I hear a lot of times when they give a response? Is they say, you know, if you really want to thank me, join the fight. If you see a crime happening, pick up the phone and dial 911. A lot of times, you know, if it's a small thing, what do we sometimes do? We just eh, ignore it, right? But police officers say, if if you want to help, join the fight. Firefighters, right? If you want to help, watch kids around water. Put up a a fence around your pool, right? Join the fight. And, And here's what God says to us. It's this big both and. He says, yes, absolutely right now the war is over. You have all those things that I just got done talking about. Right now you have them. And join the fight. You're still living and breathing. Join the fight. So I want you to get your notes again. I want you to fill in this. Jesus won the war, and he calls me to fight my battles. God's message to Joshua as he was standing there with a million people ready to go into a promised land that was inhabited by people who seemed to be stronger seemed a little impractical. I don't know exactly what Joshua was like, but I know if I was Joshua and I was told, okay, you've been for 40 years in the wilderness and and now you're going to to take over the, the promised land, my thoughts would be racing, asking the question, how am I going to do this? And, and one of the first things that I would probably do is talk to some guys who know how to make like bow and arrows and tell them, hey, you guys, if we're going to fight people bigger and stronger than us, we probably need some uh, tools for war, some implements. And so let's start with bow and arrow because we can stay farther away from them. Uh, another thing we're going to need is probably some shields. Uh, some way that that we can protect because they're going to have bow and arrow too. Uh, does anyone here know how to make a chariot? Uh, the chariot would be good. Maybe some horses to pull them. Uh, have some type of a cavalry would be great. And maybe could someone go down to South Africa and get us some elephants or something? That would be helpful. Uh, maybe uh, run over top of them. Or maybe some people go to Asia, get some gunpowder. I think by then they had some that they, that they could have used. Because that's the way I think. That, that is how I think about the battles now of, of that need to be fought. How am I going to fight this battle and win this battle? But this is what God says. And again, it seems impractical. He said, okay, you're worried about taking over the promised land. This is what you need to do. Joshua 1.8. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. 
If you want to be prosperous and successful, take over this promised land. If you in your life want to be prosperous and successful, this is, this is the plan. Meditate on it and then do it. Learn and do. Learn and do. Learn and do. Something at Crosswalk we like to call the maturity cycle, which is go into God's word and do it. Then go back and do it some more. And the reason why the people needed to understand that, and the reason why you need to understand that as well is this. Ephesians 6 verse 12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. My goodness, the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We don't have bow and arrow that can can take care of that. No chariots can get there. and, And so in the blank, you can write this. We need a battle plan. And that battle plan, God calls you to learn and do. God calls you to learn and do. Again, I, I told you I'm a very, I'm like a fix-it person, and I'm motivated towards action and just doing something. And so what happens is in my life, I fight battles too. Uh, the battle to have money in the checkbook on a monthly basis, uh, hopefully on a daily basis as well. The battles of, of doing my job, of, of overcoming my own laziness, and uh, and getting the discipleship going in a direction here at Crosswalk that it needs to go because I know that Jeff and the board are, are looking at my plans and, and they have an expectation of me. And I have an expectation of myself. And so when I'm struggling with these things that need to get done, tasks, I'll call them, I'll be honest with you, my first thought isn't to go back and meditate on God's word and then to do what his word says. My first thought is to go and try a way to fix this problem so that, so that I can uh, keep going on with my life. And so with you guys, I want you to think about what's going on in your life at this point. All of you are, are headed towards high school. And so... Maybe the question is, as I'm trying to pick out the classes I want my freshman year of high school, how does meditating on God's word and putting it into practice help me? Because it seems kind of impractical. That as I have my paper that I need to get done, and it's my first 500-word paper or six-page paper or 10-page paper, I don't have time to meditate on God's word and do it because what I need to meditate on is this author that I don't even understand from English class I've never heard of, and I need to get this paper done. But at times like this, and and for the, the children of Israel, what they needed to understand was the battle plan is for your heart. And if you lose that, nothing else matters. And that's what he had taught them in boot camp for 40 years. That if you continue to follow me and make the first, the most important thing, the most important thing, which is to to hear my word and remain my child, understand then you have an ally. That you have the Lord bringing you these victories. You have the Lord bringing you what you need to keep you close to him. 
have a plan. And this isn't just for confirmants because with, with you guys, we had a plan the last two years and the plan was to go through confirmation class. Well, now we've carried out the plan. What's the next plan? If, if you're someone who's just uh, gotten done with 101 class, someone who's just gotten done with 201 class, what's your plan? I would suggest learn and do, learn and do, meditate on God's word and be careful to do it. One way that you can do that is with the next class in the class system. And they're designed in such a way to take you from point A to point B to continue having you grow in the faith. So whether it's that or for you, if it's going back to radiate or if it's teen night or coming to worship in, in, in here, whatever it happens to be, Daily devotions, time that you spend alone with God. Learn and do. Meditate on that word. And Phil will share with you some of the the weapons God gives you as you fight uh, these battles in front of you. So have you ever heard of the Battle of Adwa? A-D-W-A. The only reason that, that I've heard of this battle is because I'm part Italian. And uh, it wasn't a good shining moment for the Italians. Uh, It was back in 1896, so almost the 20th century, okay? And it was between Italy and Ethiopia. See, Italy was getting really greedy, and all these other European nations were taking over nations in Africa and colonizing them. And so Italy wanted it on the game, right? And so they thought they were just going to go in and, and take over Ethiopia. Well, Italy lost, Ethiopia beat them. And this was a big shock to everyone because Italy was supposed to be, you know, a a big superpower, a European nation, you know, supposed to be more advanced. Well, here's the deal is that Italy didn't take Ethiopia seriously. They sent down, you know, a few few soldiers. Well, not a few, you know, a few thousands, but not very many. They had outdated guns. Their their equipment wasn't wasn't set up for the terrain. The terrain was really rugged and mountainous, and their boots couldn't handle it, right? And the Ethiopians, on the other hand, were extremely prepared. They had five times as many soldiers as the Italians. And they had some guns, but you know what the Ethiopians fought with? They fought with guys called lancers. And lancers are dudes on horses with spears, Okay. So the joke is that Ethiopian spears beat Italian guns. You might say, how how can a spear beat a gun? Well, they knew how to use them. They were prepared. They had the right equipment. And so that's why Italy lost, is they weren't prepared and they didn't have the right equipment to fight. That's so important in a battle, right? So what's your equipment? Pastor Dan says to to learn and grow, right? That's a battle plan. Well, what are we going to do when we, learn and, when we learn and do, when we go out and fight, what's, what's our battle plan? Well, God gives us some pretty cool weapons. Let's look at our next verse. Ephesians 6, 11 says this, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. That's Ephesians 6, 11, the full armor of God. Doesn't that sound pretty cool? Like, wow, the armor of God. That's pretty awesome. But here's the problem, is that sometimes we're like the Italians, and we don't take our enemy too seriously. Eh, you know, sin, the devil, you know, those spiritual forces, whatever. I got bigger problems, like Pastor Dan was talking about. You know, I got to write my, my paper. Or I got bigger problems, I got my mortgage to pay for. You know, these spiritual things, I can worry about them later. 
and we don't take them seriously. Or we're also like the Italians in that we don't have the right equipment or we use the wrong equipment. Sometimes we think that we can face even our spiritual battles with money. Or we think as long as I get a good job and a good education, then everything's going to go well for me in every aspect of my life. And here's the deal. Here's why I'm saying this is when I was in eighth grade and I got confirmed, I stood up with probably 20 people and we all made this commitment to follow Jesus and to fight, right? And I can't tell you how many of my classmates later on, they stopped fighting. They walked away from their faith. You know why? Because they didn't use the equipment God gave them. But the good news is that that doesn't have to be you. The good news is that God has given you the right equipment. Look at all these things he gives us. Ephesians six fourteen to 7. This is the armor of God, okay? Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. I love this. With which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And the deal is that you already have all this equipment. That's why we have people go through confirmation for 7th and 8th graders. That's why we push the class system. We say, take 101, take 201, 301, get in a growth group. Because in God's word is where you get the equipment. You already have truth. You already have righteousness You already have all those things because they're all connected to Jesus, aren't they? Right? If I know Jesus, I have the truth. If I know Jesus, I have his righteousness. If I know Jesus, I have a peace that surpasses all understanding. If I know Jesus, I've got a faith that can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And if I have Jesus, I have salvation. And the last weapon... Like all those seem kind of defensive weapons, this last weapon, the sword of the spirit, is an offensive weapon. That's the word of God. And that one's so important because it's in that weapon, the word of God, that you find out about all the other ones. (laughs) So if you throw God's word aside, you know what? You're not going to really remind yourself that you're equipped. You're going to go somewhere else. But if you stay in his word, you keep coming to church, you keep reading your Bible, you keep growing... You're going to always be reminded that you have the equipment necessary. So why don't you fill in those? For my battle, God equips me with all these things, with truth, with righteousness, with the gospel of peace, with faith, salvation, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You know, Pastor Dan and I were talking about this. You could do a whole message series on just the armor of God. It's that awesome. Now, I want to close with something here. Um, I brought two things from my confirmation, which was like a little over 20 years ago. Uh, And even though it was in the 90s, you know, this is my confirmation certificate, and it's still King James Version. I'm like, man, I'm old. If it's King these and thys and thous, like, wow, I didn't realize that. But the reason, you know, I, I don't keep much stuff. I mean, I I treat most stuff like a gum wrapper. Like, all right, it's gone. My wife, on the other hand, loves to keep stuff. So we're going through things, you know, trash pile keep, and we're always battling, right? And um, and so, but I I kept this for some reason. I look at it, 
And there's a, there's a message from my pastor on here. And here's what he says. Philip, because, you know, that was my name back then. Uh, May the Holy Spirit instill in your heart the knowledge that you are one of the Lord's sheep. And that with Jesus leading and guiding you throughout your life, you'll not be in want. Follow wherever he leads and enjoy the blessings of the shepherd. I'm glad I kept this. <laughs> and the final thing I kept, you know, again, all the cards, you know, I got cards for confirmation. And, and this one I kept. And at the, the front, it says, he is with you as you are confirmed. And the inside is something that I'm going to frame this when I get home. I'm going to write it down or something because it just speaks to my heart. Here's what it says. Jesus desires to be involved in every aspect of your life. Through the counsel of his spirit, he will guide you in his ways. He will lead you into his truth and embrace you with his love. The only reason that I've been able to fight my battles is because Jesus is with me. And I'm not done fighting my battle. I'm still living and breathing. And the more that I involve Jesus in every aspect of my life, yes, every aspect of my life Jesus wants to be a part of, the more I do that, the stronger I am. And I want to leave the same thing with you today. Is that Jesus has been with you in your battle. And your battle isn't over. You're still living and breathing. And he's still with you. And I want to leave you with this verse. Joshua 1.9. Here's what God says to Joshua, right? Joshua has this huge thing ahead of him. And the thing that he remembers is, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous, Joshua. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So all you confirmands, you all either picked your own Bible verse or I gave one to you for confirmation. But, but there's one thing that we did is in your certificate, you all have the same verse. And it's this verse, Joshua 1.9. And my hope is that in 20 years, when you're about my age, that you'll keep it and you'll remember not only this day, but you remember that up until that point, Jesus has always been with you, that God will be with you wherever you go. And for all the rest of you as well. So here's our last filling. The Lord will be with me wherever I go. Just an awesome, awesome thing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this day to just remind ourselves that our strength doesn't come from within, but it comes from you. We thank you for this day that, that you have given us a battle plan to learn and to do, that, that you already won the war for us and you've given us equipment. You've given us all these things in your word, your truth, your righteousness, your, the salvation that we need. All these things that you've given us to help us fight this battle. And, and ultimately, Lord, we thank you for the fact that you're with us, that Jesus is with us wherever we go. And, and God, I just pray that especially for these young men and women that they always remember that that they remember that Jesus is with them. And with that, they can, they can face any spiritual battle. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.